0: Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You know, Don and I have been doing this a little while, and and we've seen, you know, Don, we've done we've done youth camps and we've done revivals and we've done winter fests and retreats and and all in conferences and all of those things. and And I want to tell you, and we we've seen people who would respond to an altar call like this morning, and then, unfortunately leave unchanged and i'm going to tell you what the difference is the difference is when we come and we have an encounter with christ in the altar if we don't have a found a foundational prayer life and we don't have a relationship with god's word that's critical to your next step does that make sense and that's what these next 40 days are all about Um, we're gonna we're gonna learn three things okay we're gonna learn to love the word you can write this down to learn the word and to live the word, how many know it's not d- enough to, to just love it. You can love it and it stay on your bookcase. Right. We got to learn the word, and how many know it's not enough just to know it here. We got to put it into action. We got to live the word, and that's what this. So today's going to be an overview. So I want you to stay with me. We're gonna we're gonna go fast and furious. But I want you to I want you to I, I want you, to, I, I want you get hungry today. That's that's the right word. I want you to get hungry today. I want you to, to to see where we're going over the next 40 days. And I want you to get hungry. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to go with me. I want you to go with me. Because I'm convinced that God's trying to take our church somewhere. And I want to go. I want to go anywhere God's leading us. Here we go. So this first passage that we're going to talk about is Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. And here's the thing. I think this is one of the most misunderstood passages in the whole New Testament. Let's read it, and then we'll... we'll we'll unpack it. Matthew 7, verse 24 says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. How many want to build your house on the rock? All right. All right. There we go. The rain came, the storms rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. How many know that's not a good idea? The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that that house, and it fell with a great crash. Hmm. So here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to recognize the necessity of a firm foundation because here's there's two kinds of people in that story, right? Yeah. There's sperm there's foundation people. There's sandy foundation people. So here's the question. Who did it rain on? Everybody. 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 So I, I don't want to be negative Nancy. <laughs> I don't want to be Debbie Downer. The storm's coming. Yeah, right. The storm's coming. Right. It's going to rain. Now, if you're like me, you've got sunny days. And maybe some rainy days, right? So let me tell you about my Thursday. My Thursday, um, I, I've got this little area in my backyard that's just cool. Um, and it's private. And it was a beautiful day Thursday. And Thursday's my, sunny, my, my study day. And, and so I took my computer outside and I stayed out there almost all day long because it was about 76 degrees and I heard the birds chirping. It was a good day. Aren't, aren't you thankful for good sunny days? Some days aren't so sunny. I, w- I woke up a little, a little, I don't know, in my feels this morning. Anybody ever get your feels? <laughs> Today would have been my parents' 67th anniversary. And so I had that rolling over in my head because, you know, we're so thankful that Facebook reminds you of all this stuff. And, and so I kind of got it. See, you're going to have some sunny days and you're going to have some stormy days it's gonna rain. The difference is your response to the rain. The difference is your response to the storm. And, and the problem is, if we don't have a firm foundation, you, you're gonna be in trouble. You're gonna be in trouble. So let's talk about the foundation. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand the identity of a firm foundation. So in 2022, what does that look like? Cause I don't know if you noticed, but the world's changing. I don't know if you paid attention, but a lot of nonsense going on. I don't know why, but nobody likes each other anymore. Everybody's fussing. Everybody's fighting. Everybody's always in a bad mood. I don't understand it. So we're going to build. You know, we did, a, we did a, found, a foundational series called Solid Ground back in June. I know all of you still got your notes. I'm just kidding. There's not a test. We're going to build our foundation on the rock. Everybody say the rock. All right, so my question is, what's the rock? What's the rock? Hmm. And you're looking at me like, you're giving us a trick question. You know why? Because I'm giving you a trick question. See, that's a great altar call verse. It's a great altar call verse. You, you want to build your life on the rock. So I want you to come down to this altar, and I want you to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And you can, and, and, and that's the rock. And that's awesome. That's not what Jesus said. It's not what he said. The firm foundation isn't giving your heart to the Lord. I've met a lot of believers who built their life on sandy ground. I've met a lot of believers whose lives are in shambles. So if... I, Jesus forgave me my sins. Didn't that mean I'm on solid ground? That's not what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. See, I I'm met I'm, I'm a lot of people who build their lives on things other than God's way. We'll, we'll, we'll say, yes, I believe in Jesus and He forgave my sins, but I'm not going to pay attention to what He said financially. I'm not going to pay attention to what He said relationally. Oh, here we go. I'm not going to pay attention to what He said morally, but I'm on solid ground. See, We know Jesus as Savior. Now, aren't you thankful? And and, and I need to make sure you hear me well. I say this all the time, but I'm going to make sure you hear this well. There's nothing you can do to earn your way into Jesus being your Savior. That is a free gift of the cross of Christ, and the work is complete. But as Jesus offers us His salvation as our Savior, we make a choice to follow Him as Lord. So the firm foundation isn't just Jesus, and it isn't just Jesus' words. The firm found Jesus said it this way. He who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. That's building your life on a solid rock. A firm foundation is a life built on the principles found in the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's If you know Jesus as, as Savior, I'm so thankful. you got a next step. We follow Him. We make a choice to follow Him as Lord. Here's the problem. It's impossible to build a life on the principles of Jesus If you are ignorant about what he said and taught. So my question for you this morning is how much of the Bible do you believe? See, I've already I've already scared you. You wanted to say all of it, but you're like, I know it's another trick question. (laughs) See, I guess you got to you got to define what that word believe means. Belief is not just, I acknowledge his existence. Belief is, I trust in something enough for it to change me. So now I'm going to ask you, how much of the Bible do you believe? How much of the Bible do you trust? And before you say all of it, I'm going to say, well, do you know all of it? You only believe the parts of the Bible that you've applied to your life. The only parts of the Bible that you truly believe are the parts that's changed you. Y'all looking at me with some blank stares this morning. You're like, I, I thought we was going to come and just fill out our little workbook in our journal. So what's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is action. And see, that's why I, I, I wanted to start by saying you can't earn your, Jesus being your Savior. You can make a choice to put something in action to follow him as Lord. The evidence of belief. Um, see, uh, if, if you believe something, there's, there's, there's got to be some evidence there. Let me, see if, let me explain it this way. How many of you believe that as American citizens, we should vote? How many of you believe that? Okay, what is the evidence of the belief? You go to the poll. Okay, right? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Uh, how many believe that spouses should be faithful to one another? Okay, what's the evidence of that belief? Yeah, that you, you know, be faithful. Do you believe the Bible? What's the evidence of that belief? You live by its teaching. Mm. My life is built on those principles. And oh, by the way, before you misunderstood something I said, you're never going to know all the Bible. I've been reading it for a long time. Some of y'all have been reading it for longer than I have. But we're in a journey to apply that book to our life. And, And I want my life to be evident of what that book says. Because, oh, by the way, it's real. How do you know the Bible's real? Because when you open it and you apply it to your life, it works. How many know God's way works? How many know God's way works in your finances? Yeah. How many know God's way works in your marriage, in your relationships, yeah. in, in, your, in, in your, moral, your moral life, in, your, in, in all of your relationships, in your work life? God's way works. Yeah. And the evidence of my belief in that book is if I'm applying it to my life. Oh, I, you know you knew what I was looking for? Because I, I wanted to be swinging this the whole time I was saying that. So I I recognize the necessity of a firm foundation. I understand the identity of a firm foundation. And I accept the value of a firm foundation. (laughs) The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. Here it goes. Oh, I love this. Yet it did not fall because its foundations were on the rock. So What message does the fact that that house is still standing send to people outside the house? I need to build my house like he built his house. See, the the greatest testimony to an unbelieving world is your response, not when your toes are in the sand. It's easy to, you know, hashtag vacate toes. It's easy to do that. Right? It's easy. But how are you responding when hell assails? How are you responding? And I'm going to tell you, when hell assails, if your life is on sand, and some of you have lived enough life to know what I'm telling you is true, when hell assails, it's going to crash. So my question is, what what, what, are, what are we saying to an outside world? Uh, please know that I'm not pointing a judgmental finger at anybody watching or anybody in the room. Listen, if, if when the storms rise against us, if our reactions no different to those that don't know Jesus, then, then what's, what's the message? Now, I'd love to tell you that every time a storm's blow against my house that I've responded correctly and I've responded with faith and I've responded because my life is on the... But it, it, it's not always been that, but I want it to be. I, I want my life to be so secure in the, in the words of Jesus that when hell assails, my house is going to still stand. Is that what you want? I, oh, it sounds, it's so easy to amen that. But we got to put some action to that amen, y'all. That means we've got to dig a little deeper. So this whole deal is about having a relationship with the Word of God. And, and it's not a popular thing anymore, y'all. It's, it's this, there's this mindset, there's this attitude that, you know what, I don't really need to bury my nose in that book to, to, to follow Jesus, and it, that's the most asinine idiocy on the planet. I cannot know Jesus. He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, Amen. and that's Him. And, and you don't have to look very hard to find Him in all 66 of these books. That he's there. So your question is, and this is the part that we're going to kind of, we're going to, you're going to see the rest of the, the, the 40 days. I'm going to give you five things this morning that you and I need to do in order to build a healthy relationship with the Word of God. In order to build my life on God's Word. There's five things. I got to hit the pause button. You know, we've done these campaigns in the past. We did 40 days of prayer. We did... Uh, 40 days of purpose, and we did, uh, we, we did, we, we created our own. We, we, we called it 40 days of worship, and 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 we get these campaigns, and and they're so they're so nice and packaged, and we got these books, and but I, I need you to hear from me. W- what I'm getting ready to share with you, this is for you. This is not a campaign thing. This is not a saddleback Rick Warren thing. This is something for you. And I, I, want you to, I want you to grab this, and I want you to lean in with me for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Five things that i got to do in order to build my life on God's Word. The first thing is i got to hear it. Isn't that profound? That's deep, isn't it? That's deep stuff right there. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. You need, can I? I'm, I'm going to tell you this because I love you. You need to be consistently in an environment where the scripture is taught. I, I think the key word there is consistently. Maybe you define consistent how you want to. Um, I'm going to tell you that being in the house of God once a quarter ain't enough. I I don't think being in the house of God once a week is enough. And and I know everybody's not going to get on that. But let let me take you back a few years. Uh, When I first gave my heart to the Lord, I I, I went to Sunday school. I went to, my, my dad always, he didn't call it morning worship. He called it preaching. Went to Sunday school. Went to preaching. Went to choir practice at four o'clock. Went to Sunday night service, um, and that was a marathon because everybody was shouting and acting crazy and going, you know, woo! And, and I'm all about that. Don't get me wrong. But that went on about nine, and then the only restaurant that was open was Shoney's, and everybody went to Shoney's. And then Monday night we went visiting, you know, which meant you knock on the door and people pretended you weren't home, that they weren't home yet. And then we had, we had prayer meeting one night of the week. And then we had Wednesday night Bible study. And then we had Saturday night youth group devotion. I, I get it. You know, and I'm like, and listen, I'm not saying I want to go back there. But, I, but I'm telling you, you've got to put yourself in an environment where you're consistently taught the Word of God. And by the way, it's right here. I, I'm, I very rarely do what I'm getting ready to do. Because I recognize that I'm not the most charismatic preacher on the planet. But here's what I'm going to promise you. If, if you come to church here and don't learn something, that's on you. We are doing everything we do to, to give you all the tools we can for you to learn something. And if you come here and sit and tune out, maybe that's on I'm just telling you, if you come and you don't learn something, that's on you. <laughs> See, the, people have been taught this scripture in a group environment for thousands of years. In fact, before Jesus, they gathered in a group to learn the Scriptures. Okay? It's only been in recent history where the idea of gathering as a community to learn Scripture has become optional. Only in recent history. See, for over 1,900 years in Christian history, it was assumed that if you were a believer, you went to church somewhere on a regular basis. Only recently... Has the idea that that's optional been accepted? Could it be a coincidence that at that same time, the, the culture has begun aggressively attacking the validity of Scripture? Could it be? Absolutely. Do you know why? Oh, y'all, please just, just forgive me in advance. Because we're ignorant of the Bible. We don't know the Bible. And we can't defend the Bible because we don't, you can't defend what you don't know. My job, help me, Holy Ghost. My job is not to teach you something new. In fact, if a preacher stands up and says, I got something new for you, run away. You know what my job is? To teach you something old. You know why? This book has worked for thousands of years. let me give you a quick little lesson about anointing we like that word don't we oh that was so anointed my my the hair on the back of my neck stood up listen anointing has nothing to do with how a sermon makes you feel can i tell you how many times i've heard this because i'll I'll challenge this people say oh the message was so good oh it was so anointed what was it about i don't remember but it was good Anointing has nothing to do with how a sermon makes you feel. That's charisma. Anointing. A sermon is anointed if it moves you to change. The most important part of my job isn't to run this office. The most important part of my job isn't to come visit you in the hospital when they remove your toenail. The most important part of my job is to teach this Bible. And there have been times when I have not gone to see you in the hospital after you had your toenail removed so I could teach the Bible. And I don't apologize for that. Not even a little bit. So that's my job. What's your job? Your job's to learn it. Here's what I promise. I'll do my job to the best of my ability. You going to do yours? Here's the problem, you can't hear the word, if you can't hear the word, James 1, we're going to be in James 1 for the rest of the day, James 1, 21 says this, uh-oh, <laughs> see I was going to be, never mind, I'm just going to say it, so get rid of all the filth, circle that word if you, if you got a real Bible there, I mean I'm not saying the other ones aren't real, I'm just saying paper. <laughs> So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God's planted in your hearts. So what's the prerequisite for accepting the word of God that's planted in your heart? To get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. So I did a a little study on that word filth. And it's a Greek word, rufaria. You don't have to write that down. There's not a test. The the root word of the Greek word rufaro is rufos. You know what the word rufos means? I'm, I'm glad your wife's teaching children's church, Matthew, because she'd fuss at me about this one. <laughs> you know what the word rufos means? Earwax. <laughs> Ooh, right? What does earwax keep you from doing? Hearing. Hearing. See, the problem is, is we can't hear the word of God because we've got so much crud. We got so much crud, and, and, and the, the the truth, that, that might explain why, why you might walk out with somebody and go to lunch and go, man, that's, man, I got a lot out of church today, and somebody else says I didn't get a thing. Maybe you had too much crud in your head. It's hard to hear the voice of heaven on Sunday when you've been filling your mind with the noise of hell all week. I'm trying, y'all. Y'all, I'm... Listen, I, I, don't, I don't think you understand how passionate I am about this. Because before, b- before you can build your life on a sermon or on a song, listen, what's really going to save you is when you build your life on this, yeah. on the words of Jesus. Mm. All right, so you got to hear it. Everybody say hear it. Hear it. Look, look at somebody and say, you need to get that wax out of your ears. <laughs> don't say that. That's gross. <laughs> That's gross. You got to hear it, and you got to read it. I'm going to read three verses from James chapter one, starting with verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word; you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Um. See, just like you're going to connect to this campaign in, in three levels, you're going to listen to the sermons, you're going to come to small group, you're going to do your journal, you're going to connect with the Word of God in, on five levels. And, and some of you are going to be just completely content just to hear it. And, and listen, you're going to get something out of that. But if you want to have a deeper relationship, you've got to go beyond that. You've got to hear it, and then you've got to read it. Yeah. you, you got to read it. And, and, and you've heard me fuss about this before, but I'm going to fuss a little more. I I want you to read it to at a different level than just your U you version verse of the day. Th- th- those are th- hey, it's great. D- please don't let that be the only way you're reading your Bible. Mm. I want you to have a plan. Because what we do when we read we, we do the U version verse of the day, and that's all we do, or 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 we rely on Miss Donna to paste th- that that one passage that she does every day or whatever. If that's what we rely on, then you're just, you're just reading arbitrary stuff and there's no connectivity. Mm-hmm. See, what we want to do is we, that's why if you come to church here very long, once a year or so, we'll we'll do a book study. We'll look at the whole book. Oh, we just finished one, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Those th- that's very intentional because I want you to look at the Bible, not just from a, an isolated verse, but look at it as a work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it you should have a plan and it shouldn't be arbitrary. So we're going to hear it and we're going to read it. And, and then the next level is, um, we're going to study it. <laughs> Acts 17, verse 11 says, And the people were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. So they heard it, didn't they? L- look what they did then. They searched the Scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Um, how many trust Pastor Dwayne? I- I'm going to do my best to teach you the truth. But I need you to know something. I'm a man. I get it wrong from time to time. I, in fact, I'm, I'm frequently wrong. Here's what your job is. is to not just just arbitrarily take everything I say at face value. Go home, put your nose in the book yourself. Study it. Let me get, here's a great example. Um, that Rufaria, Rufos illustration that I gave you that was both cool and gross See, I heard somebody else say that, and I went, can that be real? Before I stood in front of you and said, here's what that word means, guess what I did? I opened all my little, not little, there's a whole bunch of them, study materials, and I'm like, let me, let me make sure that that word really means that. And see, that's, you need to do just that. And, and, and here's the cool thing. If you participate in the small group starting Wednesday, we're going to help you learn how to do that. And, and let me tell you, you don't need a bookshelf full of commentaries and a bookshelf full of dictionaries. We're going to teach you simple, practical ways where you can study the Bible, here it is, for yourself. You don't need an advanced degree. You don't need to be a Christian for 40 years. You can do it for yourself because you study what's important to you. Uh, I, I bet the, if you're a cook in here, I bet you can quote me your favorite recipes. Right? If you're a sports fan, I bet you can tell me how many yards of offense the, Bur- the Bulldogs had yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> study it. All right? So we're going, we're going to hear it. We're going to read it. We're going to study it. And then we're going to meditate on it. Oh, and let me tell you, that's not... Hum, nini, hum, nini, hum, nini. That's not what that is. <laughs> you know, that was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a little, that was a little weird. <laughs> meditate on it. James 1, we just read, said, but look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. Joshua 1 and 8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Look, Watch this. Meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be what? Prosperous and successful. So are you... Did, did I just read that my success in life is directly linked to me meditating on the, the words in this book? Is that what I just read? I think it is. All right, so what does it mean to meditate? I'm going to give you four steps real quick, all right? You don't have a blank form. Here it is. You, you, you're going to pray. It's a spiritual book. Actually, like 66 spiritual books. Pray before you open it, okay? And then you're going to read it. And, and listen, it's okay to read in small chunks, okay? I want you to have a plan, but it, you don't have to read four chapters a day. In fact, if you read four chapters a day and don't remember any of it, what good is it? Right? But if you read in small chunks and then reflect, and then just like your shampoo bottle says, repeat. Can I show you what that might look like? All right. Let's just, let's, just, let's just say I was reading uh, my wife's favorite book. My wife's favorite verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I read, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you'll do, and he'll show you which path to take. What if I just stopped there for the day, and I kept reading it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I've prayed, and I've asked the Lord to show me what it is I need from this from this passage today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you'll do. He'll show you which path to take. I wonder if I kept reading that and kept kept reflecting on that. Here's what's going to happen. It happens. It, it will just happen. Trust me. Part of that passage is going to jump out at you. Because when I was practicing this little exercise to show you, part of it dropped into my... It did just work because I got to the part... Don't depend on your own understanding. And I went, okay, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. What if you did that at, before you left your house and you rolled that over, just that short little passage of Scripture over and over your heart four or five times and then throughout the day, that's that's what, you know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. What if, what if I... I meditate on that passage by, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? You, am I am I leaning on myself instead of leaning on you? Can you show me what that looks like? Yeah. Oh, can I? That's when this book. That's when this book becomes alive, y'all. It's when it becomes alive, and it's not just words on a page. All of a sudden, it is wisdom and value for life. Mm. And then, here's the hardest one, we're going to hear it, we're going to read it, we're going to study it, we're going to meditate on it, and then we're going to act on it. He said, James chapter 1, we just read it, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Hey, there's a little saying we, we got around here that we say all the time, listen to God, Do what he says. Can I tell you? We we didn't just pull that out of the air. That came from James chapter 1, by the way. Listen to God. Do what he said. Oh, what did Jesus say? Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Donna, come and play. Lord, we need your word in our lives more than ever. So, before I let you go today, I, I, I just feel compelled. Man, listen, if you're here today, and when I said, you know Jesus as Savior, but have you made a choice to follow Him as Lord, you, you got a little, you got a little twinge in your spirit because you 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 believe it with all your heart that he's forgiven you of your sins but maybe maybe there's parts of your life that you haven't surrendered to him as Lord can I tell you there's not a better day than today as we begin this journey just say Lord I want to follow you with every part of my life maybe there's some attitudes that you got that are displeasing to the Lord and you know it And, and and maybe today is the day that you want to say, okay, God, they're yours. Maybe there's some habits. Maybe there's some resentment. Maybe there's some hurt. I don't, I don't know, y'all. But, but you felt that little nudge in your heart. Let me tell you what that little nudge is. That little nudge is the Holy Spirit. And here's what His job is. His job is to convict our sin. And so, what he's doing is he's just, and and before you get too crazy with that word sin, let me just, you know what it means? It means when you miss the mark. It means when you've missed the mark. And so, maybe you're here and you say, Dwayne, I know him as Savior, but I'm going to follow him as Lord. I want to surrender my life to him completely. Or maybe you're here and you say, Dwayne, um, I'm not sure I know him as Savior. Well, let's start there. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that Christ is risen from the dead and confess it with your mouth that you'll be saved. See, you you can't earn that. It's a gift from your Creator. Jesus paid your sin debt. And what He asks of you is to believe in Him, to let Him change your life, to surrender your life to Him. So maybe you're here today and you need to do that. It's a great day to do just that. Or maybe you say, Dwayne, I'm, I know i as Savior and I'm doing all I can to follow Him as Lord, but I need my relationship with the Word of God to deepen over the next 40 days. Mm. My hand's up. That's how we're going to pray today as we get ready to leave. Father, I love you. And I thank you for your word. God, I pray for those that are here watching online. That would say, we. I need to know Jesus as Savior today. The Bible's... So today we confess our sin. We're... We've broken God's law, and we stand in need of a Savior. His name is Jesus. So we receive the free gift of salvation today in Jesus' name. And God, some of us here want to follow Jesus as Lord in a way that we never have. We want to take his words and his teaching and apply them to our life, to listen to God and do what he says, maybe to a level we never have. And God, many of us today would say, Lord, we, we want your word and our relationship with it to be deeper than ever before. We, we want to we recognize your presence and your power and your word and apply it to our life. We want to read your word and study your word and, and practice what it says. God, thank you that your word is alive and powerful. Not just a book on a shelf. It's the living, breathing breath of God. We're so thankful.
1: Oh, we love you, Jesus. Every breath I am made, I will sing of the goodness of God. Come on.
0: Why don't you just stand your feet? Sing this as a testimony, as a declaration. And oh, my life, you
1: have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so, so good with every breath that I am.
0: Lord, we're thankful for your goodness, for your grace, your mercy, and your word. Come on, give him praise for his goodness. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great afternoon. See you Wednesday night. Hey, start with me tomorrow morning on your journal. God bless.